Today is February 5th, Super Bowl Sunday. Yep. Is episode 2 of Insufferably Human. The point of this podcast is to talk about things that I think people don't talk about enough. Kind of like what drives people, what changes people, and things that is people on people's minds. Mm-hmm. So today, we talked about, is talking about how people love things. Yes. And fandom, fanatics, bandwagon, all that. I saw a video on someone doing a review of Tomorrowland, that, Dis- oh, yeah. that mm-hmm. Disney film that uh, had a lot of problems. George Clooney and, and all of that stuff. Yeah, like the, the weird, like, futuristic futuristic view that Walt Disney had, or like the Epcot, if you're familiar with a little bit of that. Mm-hmm. And she was talking about being a fan of theme parks, and I mean, suddenly, you know, subcultures become fandoms. Because fandom, this fandom that is getting... So, well, know. I mean, I think the thing that I get tired is uh, when... I don't know why a fandom is a weird word, because it's just like, uh, it's talking about fans and they're in like the whole like circle of people who enjoy something they almost kind of refer to the people rather than subculture whereas the thing itself mm-hmm. and it's kind of more focusing on like the fans themselves rather than just acknowledging that this is just a it's some it's a like a subgenre it's moving from within another thing bigger thing like just a good example would be like Nintendo and video games people refer to like oh the Nintendo fandom this that this it's one of those little sticking points that I've seen recently so you like the idea that people should enjoy video games in a whole and you don't like the divisive nature of say well, it's, Nintendo it's, Boys it's, they're, PlayStation they're, guys Xbox Xbox it's not just that it's just um, at a certain point it kind of loses focus you just kind of go back from like the not just to make this this overall point succinct I'm saying that uh I think people focus too much on the people that like something rather than the people who actually make the thing. Oh, so you're saying it's like that culture of reviewers and stuff like that. People like the it's the Twitch yeah. and that stuff. People yeah, like yeah. the people who play the games rather than the game makers itself, the designers. A, a little bit, yeah, but also just it's like it gets tiresome. Well, see, that's the issue I have a lot with movies because I'm plugged into movies just as much as you're plugged into games. Mm-hmm. I love directors more than I love actors because directors are the one with the vision. The actors are just playing the vision. That makes sense. Yeah, I, I kind of can see that because uh, if you were to ask me what's my favorite director, I probably would draw a blank. If you were to ask me my favorite actor, I'd probably say so and so, just because I look at an actor and their body of work is very broad. Whereas you know, director can be also very broad as well. But I mean, the closest I would maybe say is Stanley Kubrick, just because mm-hmm. I I really like Doctor Strange Love, mm-hmm. but a lot of other films I'm not I don't much care for. Yeah, and that's it's getting better now. Where like, but the issue where you get that though is that then you start selling stuff based on name again, not the thing itself. Yeah. When you see a Steven Spielberg for a movie, you don't see that movie even though you don't care about the subject matter. Yeah. Because it's Steven Spielberg. I mean, that's kind of why I think a lot of people tend to forget more and more mm-hmm. is that people going to see films for the the actor and they're playing a lot of different things. Whereas the director you're seeing, or even writer you're seeing, usually some sort of consistency, but also a similar way the film is made and I I mean I'd rather be I would rather jump to see a new film by a certain director than I would be some actor because I know I have an idea about the director whereas the acting the actor could be very up and down yeah and I, I don't want to like I'm getting too nitpicky but it's I you see it recently in a lot of Hollywood that like they put a big name out there and people don't see the film because it's like I don't care for the film. You no, know, it's the Ghost in the Show thing. I I bring it up all the time. I love and hate that movie. I love that there's a Ghost in the Show movie, but you everyone knows is that it's Go Johansson's Ghost in the Show because they're using her name to carry this movie. So they get a nose yeah. and then the average people 
have people like Scott Johansson, and it was like Ghost of the Shell, so they all buy, boom, they make this mess amalgamation. I mean, Who knows how good this movie's gonna be? I, I know exactly. I mean, I like Ghost in the Shell a lot, mm-hmm. and I think choosing Scott Johansson's okay. Mm-hmm. People complain about whitewashing, but mm-hmm. my problem is that it's like a, it looks just a generic action film, the same kind of mm-hmm. plot, and it's like, I don't care, I'm not gonna see it. It's kind of like, I'm, I'm good, I'm good. That's why when you speak of like these two groups, like, oh, I, this group, and that group, group A, group B, the fans, and people who like Scarlett Johansson, that'll be great. It's like how I don't, I don't, I don't think they should ever make a Cowboy Bebop movie because mm-hmm. that'd be the even bigger problem where, who is this film made for? So that's the question I have. It's the issue of real fans, fake fans, all that stuff. I know we talk about this a bit, mm-hmm. but to get it, get it down on tape, how do you rationalize all that and, and the issue with you know comic book fans, movie fans, and people who like Marvel, but they like the movies, not the comics, and all this All this stuff. It's mixture. fine to enjoy things, mm-hmm. but don't... I guess this gets into another thing where... Not to get too long-winded, but... No, this whole point of the podcast. I know, but I'm not trying to get into a large, like, hole of tangents and rants and such. A lot of it stems from the fact that um, there are people who really, really like something, whatever Mm -hmm. it is, especially when it's not viewed so favorably Mm -hmm. in general, Mm -hmm. or is looked down upon that when it becomes more popular and there becomes a bigger audience, you start to not only dilute it, but its its focus is not too clear. Mm-hmm. My biggest problem when people tell me how much they love something mm-hmm. is that there's this, there's this, this kind of, all right, how much do you know about this thing? Mm-hmm. And it's like, oh, yeah, I know this, I know that, I know this. And it's like, oh, wait, really? And you give them that look of, I don't believe you, and you start mm-hmm. asking things. So if you were to be honest and say, I just like this thing, that's fine. Mm-hmm. But it's a lot of the pretending. It's a lot of the... I want to be a fan or I want to pretend to be a fan of this thing but to expect you the the person who understands it to it's a lot of the comments that people make where they've made a lot of changes to comic books recently and it's to appeal to an audience that has no interest in buying the comic books only interested in seeing it reflect their views so that's exactly where you see what I mean? I see what you mean and that's exactly what I'm driving to now is that when you start making stuff for the mass media, you dilute your message oh, yeah, a well, lot. You dilute, do you dilute your product? You dilute your product because you're trying to, you know, favor every fan group. You try to get the moms, dads, comic books, everyone out there. And, and then at a certain point, who's this film made for? Who's this thing made for? Mm-hmm. Nobody. So then, the bigger overall question I want to talk to is that: Is there a universal thing that you can make? Because we had universal things as kids. We have the Star Wars. We had the. Do you think? Oh, you're saying the, oh, the, oh. PT. E.T. Oh, E.T. I hear P.T. Yeah. Are you saying going forward in 2017 and, and onward, on. can we make something that can be for everybody without it being too, like, hit you over the head mm-hmm. that we can all enjoy? I mean... Because we used to have those things. We used to have things that were universally loved. Such as Star Wars. Star, maybe, Star Wars is maybe, the, maybe the perfect example. Perfect example. It's the penultimate example. And now we see it. They try to remake the magic with Seven and Rogue One and look, it's so divisive and so ridiculous with a lot of issues. <laughs> mm-hmm. But do you think we can capture that magic, or is that magic gone? I think we can still make things that everybody can enjoy. Mm-hmm. It's just that in this age of a lot of... I don't want to say too much, but a lot of politics being thrown into things, mm-hmm. that I think if you remove that, you can make that overall thing more palatable to everybody. I mean, like, that film, you know, had a lot of... The original Star Wars, we're not going to talk about too much, mm-hmm. had a lot of its problems, a mm-hmm. lot of it was made in its editing, mm-hmm. and there were a whole bunch of other things, and when it came out, a lot of the critics and, and the 
not necessarily movie elite, but a lot of the big studios were just kind of like not so sure about it and kind of frowned upon it and mm-hmm. thought it was uh, not going to do well, and mm-hmm. they were proved incredibly wrong. Mm-hmm. And you got the a change in filmmaking between that and Jaws, where you had the the rise of the the blockbuster. The idea was that we'll talk about this longer, but that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> So what do you think causes the FOVO of people? The, the, fervor? the FOVO, the I'm the better fan, you're not as good a fan, or the people who want to be fans but don't want to put the effort into it. Well, the, on that, that first one about they want to be the, the, the best fan is because they want to prove maybe to themselves, others, they, they love something more than you do. Mm-hmm. And also it's the need to root out those who they feel are not like good enough to be fans. It's like when you get into talking with people who are big fans of bands, mm-hmm. And it's like, oh, well, I like this this so and so band. It's like, oh, your opinion's wrong because I know more. Because it's 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 a lot of dick measuring when it comes to that. And then the reverse happens. But it's like uh, all these people who don't you don't have to get involved in anything. But people I've seen the other end where people don't want to be fans. Mm-hmm. That one it just comes off like wanting to sound like they know more than they don't. It's the same thing, whereas if mm-hmm. one guy knows too much and is pretentious because mm-hmm. he thinks he knows so much, the other mm-hmm. knows so little and they want to be pretentious too. So where does... I mean, just... This is all about humanity and yeah. being human. Where do you think that urge to have the biggest dick in the room comes from? And that's us. Us? And that, that, that just comes from humanity. That comes from our mm-hmm. ego. Mm-hmm. I mean, for me, I knew so much about video games. There was this... I didn't want to do it too much because I knew it was annoying, mm-hmm. but there was this feeling of... Uh, I really enjoyed it when there are people who did that, and I like to get in the room and say, oh, you know, you know what, you think you know so much? <laughs> I like just doing it to the people who were really jerky about it and dicks about it, and I like just doing it to them. Mm-hmm. But even it got annoying that at a certain point, I, it got tiresome. So you got self-aware of that. So where yeah. did you learn your self-awareness to back down or not bring it up when it's or not right? Or just to do it very sparingly, yeah, only when, when you mm-hmm. felt it was not so necessary, but when you wanted to. Mm-hmm. It's hard to really say. It was when in a lot of this, um, I think it was kind of like late high school, early college, when mm-hmm. I wanted more things. When I was in college, I didn't actually have a lot of time to play video games, which is, you know, I've, I've talked a lot about them, and people seem to think that I play them a lot, at least in my mind. Mm-hmm. But when I was in college, I just didn't have time, mm-hmm. and I was occupied other things, and it was kind of like, it was like a well that mm-hmm. I knew that I was going to get deeper into, but I wanted to look at other things that I knew was only going to get deeper, and it was almost like kind of like, when you see those people who enjoy something, they, they get like the inverse of it, where they start hating it because mm-hmm. they need to become the bigger fan. So they must, to, in order to love something so much, you must now also hate it. Yeah, it's become the critique. It becomes yeah, the really uh, mean people. I, I had kind of seen that where I just kind of found myself getting tired and dismissive of a lot of mm-hmm. the things and just got frustrated and wanted to try something mm-hmm. else and do things. It was kind of like, it'll always be there. Mm-hmm. I can come back to it, but I can focus my time on other things. Mm-hmm. So I still talk about video games but I sought to look for other things to do mm. and that's maybe what a lot of people don't realize when they like something so much that at a certain point maybe it's time to try something else so do you have a moment that triggered that or was it just more of a feeling when you started doing other things in college it's a bit of both mm-hmm. over time I just didn't have time mm-hmm. to play video games on the weekends because I was either busy or doing work mm-hmm. uh, or seeing friends or doing things uh, elsewhere I really enjoyed that. I actually thought that was maybe mm-hmm. one of the best times when I was in college was actually going out and just being with people mm-hmm. because it felt as though I had withdrawn a bit when I was younger mm-hmm. and kind of came out of my shell mm-hmm. later in 
honestly later on in life, but later in high school, mm-hmm. and I really enjoyed it. Say it was a certain point. Uh, I want to say it was maybe around um, my fourth year of college, mm-hmm. just because I had seen the rise more and more of the politicization of media in certain mm-hmm. things, and it was it was almost like an unwillingness to not engage, but it's like ah, you know what, I'm good. That's you know that that's you could just, but it was in larger ways. But it was the um, disdain of wanting to put some spin on something that's like you know I'll certainly enjoy this but this media getting the news I'm getting more tired of and then it's like not having a lot of money to pay for that thing I just want to go focus on spending my spending my, spending my money on other things mm-hmm. such as being around people so can you describe that moment, that light bulb moment when you're hanging out with people that made you switch gears was there that moment? Do you have a... I can't think of a spe- super specific moment, but I will say it was definitely my third year of college in mm-hmm. fall 2012, mm-hmm. spring 2013, mm-hmm. when I really mm-hmm. got to know yours truly, the one speaking on the other side of the table, mm-hmm. and uh, a few other people. Mm-hmm. But also it was just this, it's like, well, I could either, I need to go do work mm-hmm. and do that, or I could do this, because there, or have free time doing other things. Mm-hmm. And one time I did play uh, like a game or watched a movie on a weekday, and I realized I didn't have time for that. Mm-hmm. And then I was the more time I spent that, that on the weekday, the more time I spent it on the weekend. So I decided to spend more of my time doing work on the weekdays. Mm-hmm. I didn't lose my time at all. And then on the weekend, I would have more free time. And I just found myself wanting to spend my time with mm-hmm. my peers, relaxing, mm-hmm. and just going out and meeting people and just mm-hmm. going out. It so was the, just the, yeah, I'm repeating myself. No, yeah, no, let's keep going. It's the idea of going out and doing stuff, because I know you and me have the same philosophy about a lot of things. One of the philosophies I have is that I don't care for clubbing, but I'll club with my friends. Exactly, I agree with you there. Mm-hmm. And why do you do that? Because at the end of the day, it's, it's, it's kind of something I thought a while back where, not that I want to have a... I'm, I get annoyed too easily or I get angry easily, but it's like I'm willing to put up with these things that I don't much care for to be around these people that I really like mm-hmm. and it was more than just I want them to like me it was more like I really like them mm-hmm. I think they like me because you mm-hmm. never truly know in some ways but mm-hmm. you can tell and I got more pleasure and enjoyment because it was I mean not like I'm some hermit but it was completely new experiences and I really really enjoyed it because mm-hmm. it felt as though I hadn't done this in a long time and that coming back to it, it was really great mm-hmm. and, and you still do it now so my question is that do you think being with people can ever be as toxic as loving something too much? It can. Mm-hmm. At a certain point, uh, you do need some, like... Uh, space? You need some space from mm-hmm. time to time. You need to... It's hot and cold, and although mm-hmm. I'm not saying that either is hot or cold, but in order to appreciate and enjoy something, sometimes you need some time away from it. You don't want to... It's like being happy all the time. Mm-hmm. That's impossible. You need to be not necessarily sad or depressed, but you need to have your downtime mm-hmm. in order to really enjoy the ups. Mm-hmm. Whereas you're constantly, um, and if you're constantly uh, depressed, it's like a well, it never ends, and mm-hmm. you need to you, you need to pull yourself out of it. It's a hard thing to really do. Mm-hmm. But in order to understand what's really ailing you when you are, you have great joy from something and you want more of it, you need to, you know, not turn your life around. Mm-hmm. Does it, that, that makes any sense? No, it's, it makes perfect sense. It's what I call, and I've said it before in the, the 
before a little bit, it's, it's mountains and valleys. Mm-hmm. The mountains look more gorgeous and beautiful when you have valleys around it. Because a mountain around other mountains is just a flat plain. Because, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. a high altitude plateau is boring. Because you won't ever know if it's a plateau or how high you're up or how beautiful it is until you realize there's a giant hole there and you realize that you're way up here. It's perspective. Mm-hmm. So to keep going back to this idea of, I guess, this side wave of life. Mm-hmm. Do you think that people should intentionally do it? create sine waves of point in point out or do you think life will do that on its own maybe a bit of both a bit of both i mean we it's hard to really control a lot of mm-hmm. things outside your life mm-hmm. because i mean it's pretty obvious you mm-hmm. can't control the weather mm-hmm. if you want to have a happy you know sunny day you can't control the weather but we do need to have periods where i think most people need to have periods of uh of downtime mm-hmm. i mean you don't want to see your friends every day mm-hmm. similar way you don't want to see your family your entire extended family every day mm-hmm. uh i think comment that i made that comments made by one of my aunts a while back was that we all got along largely because we weren't next door neighbors so that to really appreciate something sometimes you need a time away really to it is the classic you don't appreciate something so you truly lose it and mm-hmm. this is similar where you need to in order to see someone, see a relative that you don't always get along with, but you're happy to see them, mm-hmm. it's appreciated when you're not spending every minute with them, not living in the same house with them, mm-hmm. and you don't live in the same city. That's the question I have with relationships all the time. When you're in a relationship, how do you appreciate somebody when you're there 24-7? Yeah. It boggles my mind still, but that's a different topic for different are, are you asking, like, like especially if you were to be at a certain point, like married and living together? Yeah, I, I, I don't understand that still, but I'm, I'm working on it. And I would think neither of us have the answer to that. <laughs> yeah. But the answer I think we do have, and the answer I think you have, and I'm trying to get to it, is how do you flip that switch, and what did you, some actions you did to change from, quote-unquote, hermit of video gaming to a, to having a balanced life, is what I call it, when you have alone time and company time. I think it's, things don't turn overnight, Mm -hmm. I remember hearing, like, seeing it on various uh, stories or TV shows or whatever. Mm-hmm. It was like, how did the question of how do you not be depressed? Mm-hmm. Like, oh, just, you know, hey, you got a good life. Mm-hmm. You're not, you know, not going hungry. How do you become, like, how do you get rid of your depression? Mm-hmm. And it just, like, a lot of things just takes a lot of time, mm-hmm. figuring things out, sussing things out in your mind and going mm-hmm. forward. And for me, it was just, I would never really say I was really a hermit, but it was kind of a little, definitely a little, Fairly shy when it came mm-hmm. to around people, not knowing how to talk to them, mm-hmm. because you all go through a uh, crappy uh, teenhood, teenhood mm-hmm. and adolescence, awkward stages, awkward stages is, yeah. of how to handle things. And there was this point in my t- life where, uh, late middle school, early high school, I like reached a peak and how to talk with people and didn't know how to go forward. So I went through a decline where I just didn't know how to communicate with people, especially women, mm-hmm. and. Um, I forgot what it was specifically. I can go for this whole story, but um, go for it. when I was in 11th grade, there was this girl I really liked, and I just tried talking to her because she was right behind me in my class, sitting behind me in my classes, and like, it's like I, I could see the words or hear see the words in my mind, and they were just constantly like falling apart. That like I also like drew like a smiley face on my hand, and it's like <laughs> I wrote "be happy," and I realized just how unhappy it was because I couldn't seem to proceed with my life. <laughs> So I started, I don't know what I really did in 11th grade, but I started just this process of trying different things, and mm-hmm. they didn't always work out, but I remember the, the best ones were, um, not someone talking to someone you didn't know, but you need to slowly build on these things, mm-hmm. like 
my always jumping off one, especially for guys, was the point of video games, because that's just a very popular thing, but it was kind of like moving a bit away from that and how to un- understand how to communicate with people, which is actually mm-hmm. a rather difficult thing, mm-hmm. other difficult. than just giving you like the five-step process of how to do something. Mm-hmm. And uh, I made a bunch of changes in my life where I was just talking to more people and becoming less curmudgeonly, but also mm-hmm. pessimistic. Mm-hmm. And it was slowly built upon itself that um, I remember going to a end-of-school party and I started letting more of my personality come out and uh, being not just talking about the same sort of things or kind of same same way amongst my friends. I started joking a bit more, getting a little more risque, making fun of things, getting more uh, eccentric, which mm-hmm. is kind of where a lot of that came from. Putting yourself out there. Yeah, exactly. Getting a little more eccentric, having more fun for, with yourself, mm-hmm. seeing what people liked, telling these kind of jokes, mm-hmm. the kind of funny cynicism and getting more eccentric. And it's something I really enjoy. It's the yeah. point where at times I, I wonder now if I've become too much of a character. No, you're, you're great. <laughs> rather than just uh, being times when mm-hmm. I feel like I play the character a little too much, especially with people who've known me in the past, and I feel like I need to play that up more. Mm-hmm. And I got an interesting thing about that mm-hmm. a little bit, too. I played tennis, and I remember one day I was in an especially good mood. I went outside the tennis courts and into like the uh, open courtyard of my high school, the inner sanctum, if you will, and I saw the girl that I liked. I asked her out. Mm-hmm. She said no, but it didn't made me a little sad, but it, it's like the happiness that you get from being, you know, you're happy that you're sad, or kind of like a vice versa. Uh, you're so slow down there so yeah do you remember that moment can you describe it more when you'll see the girl again I see the girl I asked her out she for about a second second and a half half seconds mm. she said no and I was very very concerned thinking she was going to tell me to fuck off go kill yourself mm. and I was very very even though I'm not very very reluctant even though I knew this girl for a few years and mm. I realized she wasn't going to do that but in my play out scenario that was the worst thing she was going to happen. She was going to laugh at me. And mm. I was so relieved when that wasn't the case. Mm. She hugged me. I walked away and I didn't look back. Mm. And I went home that day a bit sad, but rather happy that I did it because it's important to make changes in your life. And this one, I was concerned that I was never going to make because I was too afraid. So you know it for years. It, where did you get a coach from to finally ask her? Even though you know that mm. there are probably better ways to approach things, mm-hmm. you either spend so much time trying to get the right way but at a certain point just take the shot see mm. if you make it and then you know make improvements I don't know you can't, sometimes you can't always improve things but it was better that I just went ahead and did it rather mm. than waiting forever and never happening sometimes you need to rip that band off mm-hmm. and it's far better than knowing that you ripped it off rather than making it as painless as possible mm. so similar thing I went to a, like a Christmas party that following December mm. Same thing. I got to uh, be more carefree and just kind of like hung out and a lot more fun loving as mm-hmm. opposed to kind of hanging out with my group of friends that I tended to hang out with but didn't know how to really communicate with so, other people. Let's slow down there. Yes. Is that how, what were the signs that you know that you'll get it right? Because you say it's something with process is that you've I was slowly getting confidence. More, and and what were the signs that you saw that you, people were laughing? What what were the things? People laughing. I was actually way happier mm-hmm. and had a better mental image of myself. Mm-hmm. So what, what were the moments that got you the confidence? Like, do you remember some of the moments? I mean, that one particular, the asking the girl out, knowing that she wasn't going, knowing that it didn't go as terrible as possible, mm-hmm. felt pretty good knowing that maybe you shouldn't be so pessimistic. So you just accepted your, like, you lost, quote-unquote. You didn't you, you get the girl. No, but, it, but it, I figured that wasn't going to happen, and mm-hmm. I was happier her saying no than yes, because if she had said yes, I was concerned that I couldn't, I was not mentally equipped 
sometimes it's better to not succeed and, and go forth with that rather than uh, succeeding without knowing why. Do you remember where you got the mentality from? Just from years of uh, just spending so long trying to get things right, mm-hmm. spending so long. Like, I, I used to play tennis, and I was didn't win a lot, largely because I was so, like, really, really hard on myself. Mm-hmm. And it was kind of, you need to have, when I asked her out, I really just need relief in my mind that things won't go as bad as you think. Mm-hmm. The role's actually not so bad. Mm-hmm. I mean, these are all things we all go through. But it was I need to give myself relief from this uh, this burden that I feel I need that I have on myself. Mm-hmm. And where, where does that burden come from? Why do you also also critical of yourself? Because what? one, that's my personality. Mm-hmm. Two, I got bullied a lot, and I just didn't handle it well I never you know mm-hmm. rose up and didn't defend myself because I feel like I was a just you know, you know De- describe your if you don't mind no, go on. describe your bowling a little bit so it was a lot of um, calling me gay because mm-hmm. I was mind you you're like a young child mm-hmm. it was calling me gay uh, just general shitty children because uh, mm-hmm. kids are actually you know really jerky and assholes mm-hmm. in some ways it was me actually believing it which Ooh. is really bad Gosh. But I was also young. I was in mm. second grade when I first started. It was um, second grade. People call you people gay and well, not you know. not just there. It was later on. It was mm. just me. It was it was more like me not forgetting myself for letting it happen. Constantly replaying it in my mind mm. the mental images, trying to think that I could get over it by replaying it all the time. At mm. a certain point, it becomes like rot. Uh, having in some ways a really good memory is not helpful when you want to get over things because mm-hmm. I saw a study that. Bad things that happen to us affect us twice as much because it sticks. Good things, good sticks. Mm -hmm. So that kind of happened a lot. Kind of got beat up a little bit. Mm -hmm. I got beat up some in uh, middle school and elementary school. Describe the beat up. So just it just oh, just kind of like pushing around, kind of like shitting you, you know, shitting on you. Shoved in a locker. Not shoved in a locker. Shoved out a locker. Shoved in a locker. Kind of pushed around. Uh, I wouldn't say punch. Just kind of got pushed around and. Mm yelled at and mm. people just love you know making the the younger guy or the the kind of smaller guy you know squirm mm-hmm. a lot of people basically mm. calling me like a white piece of shit mm-hmm. things like that and uh once I got to high school from like a precinct for got to high school i kind of a lot of it dissipated there's still some of mm-hmm. that but on the whole it for the most part, gone away. And what? Why did you think it gone away? I think for the most part, Just, people went to other pe- people went to go bully other people. For one, people should grow the fuck up. Yeah. And it was just like all of that, you mm-hmm. know, middle school angst, mm-hmm. kind of rolling over, and people just mm-hmm. like going off their lives. Mm-hmm. And that space gave you the confidence because it gave yes, you time to work it was kind of slowly building up a thing. Because mm-hmm. seeing people talk about how much they hated high school, and for me, it was complete opposite because it was like essentially one idea of what I had felt and seen for so mm-hmm. long that mm-hmm. I felt like high school was going to be terrible. In terms mm-hmm. of it actually was quite the opposite. So yeah, I can go into more detail. Yeah, describe it. some of the high school moments that made high school amazing. Um, <laughs> masturbating. <laughs> <laughs> God damn! Like, uh, I used to, used to. Um, I was in biology class, and that actually was a pretty difficult class, for a variety of reasons. And I would get so it was like the worst science class I was in, and uh, from like a grade point wise, and I was uh, so nervous and anxious all the time because she would do like pop up quizzes, mm-hmm. like one things to study, and there would be a quiz like the next day. But really, she was gonna do it a few days later to keep you mm-hmm. off guard. 
and I would just go home so anxious and full of uh, like discomfort, knowing that like oh, I'm so fucked tomorrow. Blah blah blah. blah. We have to worry that about I, it. Yeah, exactly. And then I would go home study. And, and, uh, well, I would go home and masturbate, and it was like like literally ten not ten seconds, but it was like all of that pressure angst not angst but like, all that pressure, pressure yeah all that concern all that negativity all that <laughs> shit it like literally just evaporated yeah. and it's like things are gonna be okay yeah. and it's like for the first time in my life I actually felt that I'm like this is great I need, I, I need to to the point where I was going through we were um, self-medicated with ecstasy uh, yeah <laughs> basically much. because um, I mean I you go more detail yeah. it's kind of not the best thing but oh boy like doing that like in college sometimes mm-hmm. Jesus Christ that was like something else that was actually kind of terrifying at times because mm-hmm. of uh other things that maybe I'll tell you later, but maybe on this podcast. <laughs> yeah, I'll, yeah, I'm. I'll keep. I'm debating to keep this one out because it, it is. But I think it should be said. It's. It's kind of. I mean, it keeps me sane. There we go. It, it's. It's this weird thing where, it's. I get pissed off about it a little bit because, you get shamed for trying to get relief. Yes. That's the only way you get relief as a kid because. I mean, there are other ways, pressure. but, but, that's, this, but that's, that's definitely one of the better that's ones. That's one of the better ones because other ways is like beating up somebody is bullying. That's what bullies do. Uh, bullies, cutting I, yourself. Cutting yourself. Doing, doing drugs. Doing drugs. Go, uh, play football and getting your rage out there. Like People get stress relief. I mean, I would kind of do something playing video games. I would kind of like channel all my frustrations mm-hmm. into that, mm-hmm. which wasn't always very helpful. It was helpful, mm-hmm. but like the masturbating one was like it went from like games being like a 10 yeah. to like masturbating to like <laughs> 900,000 infinity where mm. it was like just mm. utter relief in my mind mm-hmm. which so, is pretty great so let's step it back is that <laughs> what what do you do now to let's go back to the Christmas party yeah so you've learned how to gain confidence stuff like that mm-hmm. and you prove that you got away from the past and forgot about well, it well, well not once they forgot or got away from the past it was more like the gradual like you, need, you know that's in the past mm-hmm. enough of that like don't enough of this mm-hmm. and um what were you gonna say just uh it's just to keep going on that story I, I, I derailed it because I was interested in, in your past and now we're gonna go back to more recent past <laughs> more recent past such as as the high school Christmas oh, party oh, described yeah, that, yeah, that, that was, a little bit and uh I was the same thing I mean it was like you get you get a little more bold and bold or not bold you get a little more bold each time mm-hmm. and I was just having fun which was an unusual thing because she around a large group of people mm-hmm. all she had kind of moved forward to uh next semester so I had this government class with this one professor mm-hmm. in, and in high school the the last year I was years sir but yeah. uh, they teach like you economics one semester and then the next semester government. it's a government mm-hmm. or vice versa for some people so this government class is a small group of people and never was I talking shit and having fun like never have I enjoyed a class more than my government class because it was a small group I think there were, there were four guys eight nine girls so it was like a class of less than 15 yeah like like yeah pretty much mm-hmm. and uh there were just like these moments when I really, really, if all things, defined my mm-hmm. humor in that room. The kind of like absurdities, having fun with props. Like I remember, mm-hmm. I threw a, a cup just to be outrageous, and people thought I was serious. And it's like, he's uncertain. He's mm-hmm. he can do anything. He's always oh, he's, oh, he's crazy. You know, <laughs> just having fun with that. So like, she was okay, but kind of dumb for teacher. And I just had so much fun talking shit to her and other people, and it was great. And people were like, yes, we love it. We love it. It's great. 
I had like it was like full on like I have my notes. My notes is one of those small like almost like three by five notebooks. And it's like here's all my notes for government because I don't need shit for government because it's so unimportant. There's this one old friend of mine who is quite. Uh, she's basically a communist or a socialist, we want to call it. Mm-hmm. And it was just fun just to shit on her because. Not to her, not so much to her face, but just to shit on her because I would just say things and she'd just be like smirking or just like shaking her head. And we once took a quiz to determine how, what was your political affiliation or like mm-hmm. what were you left or right. And for the most part, everybody, including myself, kind of fit between two, you know, maybe you'd be more like center, left, center, right, center, whatever. This gal, she was like left on everything, and several of them were like, state can uh, control all property. And I'm like, no, no. <laughs> No! <laughs> That's not I, I, all, all I thought, and I'll go into more detail with you later about yeah. it, but all I can think is, is like, this, I never want her to get power. <laughs> <laughs> I would be rather terrified. Just, like, fun, just prop magic. Mm. It was great to see all these women getting laughs from me, and yeah. I was like, yes! Yes! <laughs> so this, this for college, this teacher, teacher yeah. she won, this, this was during the practice SAT. Oh, PSAT. And, yeah, the PSAT, yeah. yeah. The seniors couldn't have like the half day, they had to come in, watch like, a presentation for, of all people, Mothers Against Drunk Driving about don't kill, don't, don't drink and drive and kill your family, and kill families, you monster. We had that, and then the other half was like this like fashion show for prom oh yeah and I, I wasn't that actually yes yes and i so was i and uh <laughs> i like i not ironically but it was, no one like raised their hands who must do it and i was like i'll do it and then she didn't i, I was like really it's like yeah i'll do it and then yeah. like weeks later i was like no i'm just fucking with you i'm not gonna do that and then another friend of mine said like, yeah i'll do it and it's like oh wait shit i'll do it yeah yeah i'll do it it's, it's almost <laughs> like oh why this so i got like a tux fitted uh, one day on the weekend, and then like uh, after the dour, depressing presentation that was Mothers Against Drunk Driving, they had mm. someone come up there who had killed a family. They went to A and M, killed a family when he was drinking, wow. and uh, I guess he must have gotten like some time off by by basically hanging his head held low and telling him that he was a monster when he was behind the wheel got some booze. And I was like, man, dude, this is that's rough. this makes me want to drink more, but at home. Uh, <laughs> Or as I'm walking, and uh, I went in the back, and you know everybody dissipated. Like the women, mm-hmm. like, you know, a lot of people stay in the auditorium. Obviously, it's mm-hmm. one group, the the boys, they went to go change in one room. The girls went to go change in another room, mm-hmm. and I was like the skinniest guy who weighed the least. Like everybody there, I played tennis, mm-hmm. and if everybody there it was either they played football, basketball, some baseball, or ROTC, and yeah. I and like you know, they're like the buff guys. Yeah, the buff guys yeah. and uh, the buff Bagwells. And, um... Bagwells. Just... It's, it's, it's from wrestling. Oh, uh, I'm sure. <laughs> and, uh, some of them had to go change in other rooms because, like, you know, just space. Mm-hmm. And also we're just, you know, we're all, like, in our boxers changing. And some people are kind of cracking wise, but it's just some guy behavior. And they're like, all of them are like, wait, Kevin Allen's here. I'm like, what the fuck? And, like, uh, Kevin, you look pretty good. They're both, they're being, like, like not condescending, but kind of, like, sarcastic. Mm-hmm. And it's like, yep, yep, mm-hmm, yeah. And then... No one really knew I was doing this except, like, a few people that I had told, and they just kind of knew. Because when we... I'm not going to get those details. Mm. So we changed, and there were more... Let's say there were more girls to guys. Some guys had, so some guys had yeah. two. I had two, mm-hmm. until two of them wanted to go with their other... Uh, they'd rather be with these other guys. So I was like, what the fuck? Like, so I got this other gal, and she was okay, and... Um, 
as everyone walked through the stage, they had to do like a twirl or yeah. like a, like a snapping your fingers yeah. and point at the audience and such. And all I could think was, oh, I got nothing really, so I'll just go up there. So like, the next two people go up with like a one or two girls and like get like cheers, like yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And then I go out there and it was like just like a like a wave of like my t- like three three good friends in the center of the audience like raised up and were like <gasps> and then all of them were like like rising up at like the wave at like stadium there and they were like yeah <laughs> like clapping their hands like a machine gun yeah. Yeah. they were like yeah and then like and then mm. I felt bad for the people to follow up because they were just like <laughs> and here's so and so and so and so I'm like like golf claps on like we're too tired and uh after that was done, each person did it one by one, yeah. and I didn't know what to do, you know, something funny or outrageous. So, but I thought of um, Howard Dean from the 2004 presidential, like, nominee yeah. race, where he's like, we're going to take it to the White House, because we were seeing it in government, like, the other day, like, we're going to take back Washington, we're going to take back so-and-so, 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 Texas, blah, 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 New York, all these places, and then we're going to go to the White House! Yeah! The famous, um, him, you know, doing the hurrah, mm-hmm. and... I did that on stage, and people were like, <laughs> "So, what did you feel then?" And, and like, I felt how, great. I felt, yeah, what? I guess that's a confidence booster of a lifetime. Oh yeah, there there, there are others that I can yeah. go more into, mm-hmm. but I'll I'll bring up the next two. Mm-hmm. But the story doesn't end there. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll get less detailed, but uh, there was this woman's beauty pageant, which is like a beauty pageant with guys who wear dresses and they do something. Yeah. And so I volunteered for myself for that because <laughs> it was just kind of like, I need to, you know, yeah. a certain like confidence booster of like, yeah. not booster, but confidence builder of like, it's okay to wear a dress for something kind of outrageous, yeah. whatever. And so I, um, if you're ever familiar with uh, Hunter S. Thompson or uh, Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas, Vaguely. it's this famous um, journalist piece that he this 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 well-known uh, figure hunter s thompson created his own style of journalism called gonzo journalism mm-hmm. he created that uh there's this film annotation of his story that has johnny depp and benicio del toro mm-hmm. and so i did like the opening scene to that i made my own scripts like that very night or the, the 45 minutes before i had to leave and put on a dress like uh i collected grass clippings to act as my weed because in the opening scene he opens up his trunk and it's full of every drug <laughs> that was imaginable at the time so he had meth ether heroin cocaine cocaine yeah. crack yeah. uh pots varying types of pots so you have like so much whiskey so much beer so much like mm. like liquor mm. and so you had grass clippings you must have had flour I, sugar uh, no I didn't do I didn't do flour I said I got a uh, salt that I crushed a little bit more <laughs> and um, I had the domo from Target domos I had like a uh, the vampire oh. domo mm-hmm. as my um, my do- as as my lawyer who's the other character mm-hmm. and I had one of those shitty like late nineties early two thousands driving wheels for like the PC so it's like yeah. a stupid hunk of plastic mm-hmm. and I can go into more details about that but on the whole it was funny because nobody knew what the fuck I was doing mm-hmm. I had to askew any sort of drug references a friend of mine gave me not only her fake cigarettes because mm-hmm. he's smoking a lot she also gave me. Uh, her lighter. I had two of my friends. Oh, by the way, I was represented by like what was it the student council? It's my organization, even mm-hmm. though I was not part of student council. Mm-hmm. I was represented by them. <laughs> two of my friends put on makeup for me, and uh, I just got on stage and proceeded to. Oh, by the way, my name, my name was Peaches, and I maybe think of years later, Peaches, the the, the singer who's got that one song, uh, "Fuck the Pain Away." So that's mm-hmm. pretty funny. So, but anywho, there's that, and. Um, Oh yeah, my, my song that I went out to was Dancing Queen. 
so that was pretty fun. Uh, oh, God, so I, so I did my bit. No one knew what I was doing. Only a few really knew. My parents were there, by the way, so they found it pretty funny because they knew what I was doing. They knew what was going on. I remember my dad was doing taxes, and he came by just to see me and left and went back to doing taxes. So only a few people in this very small audience knew what I was doing. And so I had, like, my bag full of grass, and it was just this. And I didn't win anything, mm-hmm. but I, I found there were a lot of people that enjoyed my little bits. Mm-hmm. Um, so yours maybe the, the best one. Like, if you want, like, mm-hmm. a great way to great arc in terms of life especially mm-hmm. as I was leaving high school and you can kind of tell from this introduction how mm-hmm. I'm doing it so they had prom king and queen nominations mm-hmm. at my school and the day that it happened it was kind of like you know screw it like nominate me I'm doing all these various things to get my name out there <laughs> he's like nominate, nominate me so I had like various friends mm-hmm. like nominate me and mm-hmm. like a bunch of like uh, some of the orchestra people some of the tennis people mm-hmm. and some of the people that I knew from mm-hmm. You became the king of the nerds. Yeah, a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of the uh, the kind of band nerds and nerds yeah. in general. But mm-hmm. I got them to nominate me, and I uh, gave all my you know nominations to the the, the box. Yeah. I remember like either like that day or the day after, which would have been Friday. A friend of mine told me, "Hey, Kevin, you've been nominated. You're you're one of five people." And I was like, <laughs> "Fucking what?" <laughs> so that's amazing. Uh, I didn't really do anything other than because i knew like there were a couple people that like had like vote for so-and-so for prom king yeah. up on like one of the walls and mm-hmm. i was like i am not going to spend a single fucking dime <laughs> to win this i'm gonna win this because of me and i was very proud that i didn't spend yeah. any money mm-hmm. so i just created a facebook page back when i was really popular mm-hmm. due in like the late 2000s for facebook this is like 2010 by the way mm-hmm. and uh, i got my friend my friend another Brittany and myself, we ran this Facebook page that was full of, like, a, I, the description was full of nothing but, like, like references to just shit and shit and shit. Yeah. Like, I believe in Kevin Allen, almost, you know, <laughs> I believe in Harvey Dent. And I was just, like, nominated everyone. Like, I was that asshole that one time where I nominated everybody to join my page to let them know. So, like, the day that we had voting was called Senior Picnic, where they yeah. take you out to, like, the local park, and they had, like, some barbecue, mm-hmm. and instead of taking the full day off, you can then that sign in. And you could leave, yeah. but they had free barbecue. And, like, I just old-fashioned, even the days beforehand, I was, like, old-fashioned, like, you know... Going down the halls. Going down the halls, dibs. shaking hands, <laughs> like, kissing babies almost, because there were several pregnant women there, because <laughs> they either were pregnant, or yeah. they, they should have almost had the children in their hands, because wow. of... Yeah, my, my school had a lot of pregnancies. They're probably worse, but there yeah. were some. It's mine, dumb... was up, mine was up there too. Anywho, so I did like old fashioned. Like, I, I, I tried to get all the disenfranchised people. So I got the JRTC, <laughs> the band people, because everybody else, like other other four people. You were a Democrat. Like, you straight a Democrat. No, at this. I, I, I'm a modern Trump. With his, just like you see them, fuck them. <laughs> fuck the establishment. Fuck the really pretty people. Let's let's go after. Fuck the king. Yeah, fuck the king. We we are the people. Yeah, people post. So I saw party. like. Um, <laughs> Shook hands of all the ROTC people, all yeah. the band people, and such and so forth. I'm gonna get like the the, the football yeah. persons unless they were all in for the jokiness. And uh, my friend, a good friend of mine, Dwayne, who uh, I've known for many many years, he's my best friend in yeah. in, in growing up in public school. Mm-hmm. He just like proceeded to see so what you did was you signed in and you vote for the so and so for prom king and queen, mm-hmm. and then you just kind of hung around for a predetermined time, and then you could go home. Or stay there for, you know, lunch or whatever. Because it's like a park. It has like some play sets. It has like mm-hmm. some basketball. So my friend Dwayne, he stuffed the ballot box for me. <laughs> and I know that for a fact 
uh, my, um, I think, because the girl who was uh, running the booth at the time, running like, the, the table time, he had a crush on, and he was always flirting and chatting with her, that I think at a certain point she just threw out all of, like, some of his names. She gave a few, probably. So, my parents had no idea about this. I didn't bring it up once in the conversation, so... That's I had no date to prom, and I was, like, kind of, like, wondering, um... How that would go because you've heard people going to prom without a date. Yeah. But I, I asked someone now, and she already has some, but whatever. And uh, I kind of already knew that. So what happened was that my parents took me to Phoenicia Deli. I don't know if you've ever been there. It's no. somewhere near where I live, actually, mm. off Westheimer and like mm. one of the streets. So I paid zero dollars for my like six fifty five fifty meal for dinner. And I funny that we we've been going there for years. That like the the person who runs and owns the place was there, and she told them, and he's like, "We're going to prom, and you want my parents to pay for the meal, and you want to come here." And they're like, "Oh, thanks." <laughs> and uh, I was very proud of not having to pay a single dime. I knew people who drop like two hundred dollars on a meal yeah, just for their date themselves. Uh, yeah, I, I dropped like, stupid money on my prom. Oh, how where'd you go? Where'd you go? We actually got a limousine. Like, like, we could See, go I, friends. I, I yeah. asked someone if I could mm-hmm. drive, like way too late. Joined them. Yeah. The guy's too full. And I was like, mm-hmm. all right, fine, fuck that. I'll just go with my parents. Mm-hmm. They'll just drive me in and drop me off because I'm I, not gonna spend money. I think we went to Olive Garden. We like literally like, oh, like owned like a corner of the restaurant. We had like a private room, maybe like that. Oh fuck, man. Because like literally, was, like, I think there was like twenty of us. It was stupid. I knew but a guy, keep, keep, your, keep your story going on. Okay, well, anyway, like I knew people who spent a lot of money for them in their day. So I had no day. My parents pay for a meal, mm-hmm. which I'm kind of oddly proud of because I was like, I don't want to spend any money, mm-hmm. any money. So I got dropped off there about maybe about an hour two before we started up mm-hmm. and as I got out in my suit that mm-hmm. wasn't a tuxedo I just bought like a suit from like a, a decent like nice dress suit from like JCPenney mm-hmm. back when there still was a well she's not JCPenney but at JCPenney's mm-hmm. and uh, I got dropped off and my, my parents were like alright Kevin have a good time right as about to leave someone that I knew briefly like drives up rolls out his window and is like yeah Kevin Allen for prom king and then my parents were like Kevin what's going on it's it's this thing I don't know it'll it'll work out so I go in there oh and by the way a very important lesson whoever listens to this podcast this is very important never eat a a whole bunch of hot sauce before you go to a gala event because I was on that toilet for two hours back and forth taking shits with a sore ass as I was walking around seeing people like waddling because of the ass so sore well not wobbly no I have experience with painful shits that have gotten over the wobble there are a few times when i haven't but that's a very rare case but i was like i should have like three times and boy they were all hot shits um so anywho i got there and there's maybe like at max 30 people or less because it just it was like five and things only started get started up till about eight seven Mm. people come back from you know their dinners and such and I saw like several people there about dates, and they and like one of them, just people that didn't really know that well that I've met a few yeah. times over the four, the four years that I've been mm-hmm. in high school, and some of them and many others that night, flat out told me, "Yeah, I came to see you win." And it's like, <laughs> damn, that's actually a pretty good confidence booster. Mm-hmm. I can go into all the details. I'll, I even left one out that I'll say at the end. That's mm-hmm. pretty funny. Um, so seeing all these people, I knew the people who were nominated for prom queen, and I even talked to a few. It's like, if you win, I'll, I'll lift you up. <laughs> and it's like, no, don't do that, don't do that. And the one that I wanted to win didn't win, but the other that did, that was fine too, because she was, she was a friend. Mm-hmm. And uh, just talking with people, people were all rooting for me, and um, it's like twelve, mm-hmm. and it's like, all right, they're doing prom king first. Mm-hmm. Like, all right, prom kings line up, and then it was. Four of us lined up, mm-hmm. and all I saw, like, okay, uh, football, 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 baseball, 
me. <laughs> yes, yeah, so right. I said one more too many. Yeah. But then other guy also, you know, several of them did like baseball, football, yeah. basketball. They, they, they were the jocks. They were the yeah. pop, popular kids. Oh, I've been. Anywho, and we were just waiting for a few moments, and it's like, oh, where's where's so and so and so and so? Because of like the last guy and his use his girl, and it's like, oh, they're busy getting photos taken, and it's like, ah, oh, geez, we wait a few more minutes, and then like right as she said that one guy flat out pointed, he was like in the center, and I was in the far like other end. He pointed right at me and said, "We all know who won here. Let's get this over with." <laughs> it's like, what the fuck, man? So that that guy finally got there, and again, the winner for prom king is drum roll, please. The place erupts in just cheers and just roars, just oh, oh, people are like clapping their hands, like fucking idiots. And then I didn't tell you this before I left to prom, I. I had been wearing a V for Vendetta t-shirt for four straight years almost that I printed out a shitty Guy Fox mask so I wasn't going to spend any money on this. I, sp- I pulled a shitty paper Guy Fox mask that was in c- bad color because some of it splotched and like a little splotchy and I cut the eyes out so that I could put my eyes and do this. <laughs> I proceeded to pull it out and it was like, I pulled it out because everyone known that I wore the Guy Fox, you know, V Vendetta shirt. I pulled it out and if you bought the place in shears, it was like, <laughs> I am y'all. <laughs> Just clapping their asses off. And well, you picked up. No, I, I was later though, but not during that moment. Mm-hmm. So they get a prom queen, and man, just I, I, I didn't feel bad, but so many people were like, Kevin, you, you basically just talk, talk about taking the wind out of their sails. You remove the sails. <laughs> <laughs> so like, so when, so when um prom queen was announced, it was like, okay, yeah. Good, good, good. <laughs> so that's amazing. The funny more things about her. Her name was. She was dating a good friend of mine who left the school because their relationship didn't work out, mm-hmm. and she was dating the soccer guy who was kind of a cocky prick, and uh, it was hilarious because like it's like all right now they're now the prom king and queen are gonna dance, and it's like with like next to the fucking wolfer next to the giant speakers, and it's like hey, yeah. not they're not playing music like that, but they're playing loud, not enough like, so you can hear yeah. each other. And I told her like this is my first dance, what this is my first dance? She's like yeah, me too, and I'm like. That's pretty good. <laughs> and apparently, it's hilarious. Uh, everybody that I talk to, for the most part, even this is what, what you know, some girls, women, we even call them because of that, that transition phase, yeah. where some women told me, it's like, yeah, the entire time, that guy that she was dating at the time, he was just glaring at you the entire time, right behind <laughs> your back. So I couldn't see him. He's like, you know, six feet away. Staring into your back. Yeah, staring into my back, six feet away. And several of them, it's like, the prom king, you should just, like, turned around if you saw him. You should have gone out. And winked, just winked at him. And it wasn't just guys told me that. Women were like, yeah, you should have gone. <laughs> it's like, all right, thanks, thanks. So, um, because we, I, I won prom king and she won prom queen, we got we were entitled to free photos. And they're somewhere in my house. They may have been lost at this point, but mm-hmm. I have like a, like a, like a, a soup school paper mm-hmm. of me dancing with her. And I sent yeah. pictures of it on Facebook if you want to see it. It's hilarious. Mm-hmm. Um... I got, you know, we got these free photos with, like, my shitty, in her shitty, like, cardboard, like, you know, styrofoam, <laughs> like, hats, and I have, like, I didn't have a scepter, I think I may have a scepter, I don't know. Yeah, I did have a scepter, it was really shitty, it was, like, all cardboard and styrofoam, and, um, we got some photos taken, me and her, and, uh, as we were leaving to get, like, the photos, like, hey, the photographer was like, yeah, you'll get them in, like, you know, two weeks or something like that, I'm like, alright, mm-hmm. cool. The girl I had asked out who was dating another good friend of mine yeah. who I recently reconnected with, she told me, like, yeah, Kevin, I'm happy you won Prom King. I voted for you. And I'm like, 
it's like that scene in like uh you know just like not tears but you just like you get up off your seat from like uh watching a movie in a movie theater and you just stand and go <laughs> just start clapping and that's how i went prom king and there's some other funny things too but people were just like yes prom king yes yes uh oh by the way i i went home told my parents and they were a little surprised because they didn't know anything about it. So there's a great photo of me with my little shitty Guy Fox mask on, or like mask with the crown. and uh, like the hat. And in the background is a Christmas tree. <laughs> so we haven't taken the Christmas tree down yet. <laughs> so that's my long-winded story, but that's a, that's a really great story arc right there. I mean, the story arc is what is amazing, is you found confidence, and you found something. So to wrap this around into kind of a yeah. full, cohesive thing, it's a story about... And it's stories I love all the time. Making a series of steps. It's, it's yeah. It's 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 a growth. It's that it took. It's a story that spanned what five years. Four years. Four but, years. But, high it, school. but yeah. it was really like uh, mm-hmm. the most biggest steps of times are the ones you need to make in your mind to initiate mm-hmm. such steps because mm-hmm. it took me such a long time just to suss out ninth and tenth grade having to deal with things and mm-hmm. not just like dealing with people but like how to fundamentally understand how to act. And be more sociable and making improvements in that. Because I was so jealous of all these mm-hmm. uh, guys and gals who could just talk with each other so mm-hmm. easily and freely. Mm-hmm. And it's like I just didn't have that confidence. But then now you you had confidence out the roof because you went down and talked to every single person in the whole school to vote for you. And you Almost, pretty yeah, much pretty broke much. the system. Pretty much, yeah. It was like, and fuck the, yeah. And it's a whole story about breaking the system. It's a whole story about breaking... It's kind of that symbolism of saying you broke your shell and you got the king out of I that. Mean, it's amazing. When I went to college, there were you know some things that I had to go do. Because it was kind of relearning again. Yeah, because it's relearning. a bigger place. It's a bigger fishbowl. Like the problem of college at the beginning, especially, and that's actually why I left U of H, yeah. was that I went from like this high mountaintop to like this... like you know, like, like it's, a, it's a reset. It's a reset of things. And like the mountain only got bigger. And it's like, oh, fuck, I was this great point. It took me so long just to get there. Mm-hmm. And I was rather pissed off. And mm-hmm. if if, like, my ending to high school was so, like, you know, cheering, like, the ending to college, at least for me, and making some improvements on that, it was kind of bittersweet. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of like, at a certain point, things don't always, not always work out, but life mm-hmm. being real, things don't always work mm-hmm. out, but you get things from it. So, like, so, try to get back to your head around this, what would, what tips you would give people to be better, to, to grow, to, not grow up, but, like, grow confidence, to Build, Believe, upon, build upon themselves. Build upon themselves. So what what are the things that you did to build yourself? You need to change your, not so much schedule, but you need to change, if you're not happy with your life, you need to look at the first biggest problem. So often this is situations, but more importantly, how, how can you change situations? First of all, you need to change yourself. Mm-hmm. You need to pick yourself up in some cases and just go forward and then rather just stew and be sad. You need to, that, that's either said than done, mm-hmm. true, but you need to, go you can't you're always you're stuck you're stuck in the past mm-hmm. it's hard to break from that i know mm-hmm. but you need to you need to just rise up not always rise up but you need to stand up and go and try something different if you're so unhappy maybe there's a reason why mm-hmm. maybe it's because it's you maybe you're stuck in a routine or whatever. so when i was going to high school or going to middle school i was always like sad and depressed mm-hmm. which a lot of people are like looking at the grounds i didn't want to see the world mm-hmm. it was always like dour mm-hmm. and Things do change and improve with time. Like mm-hmm. things get better, but at the end of the day, you need to improve your life, and the only person that can improve your life is you. Mm-hmm. So it's a mental choice you made. You made a choice to yourself, saying, "I'm gonna look up." Not just What's... that, but just like I need to. There's a there's a. Pro- I remember like thinking about it. Like I thought about masturbation and how great that felt. It's like how do I how do I get this like this this anxiety to go away? How can I get something like this? I'm like maybe a recurring like feeling, and it's mm-hmm. like well maybe it's because. 
you need to think more confidently and just it's like slowly building something like oh what am i what am i really having difficulty with talking with people it's like well then it was slow but you reached a point where i was like okay i need to talk to this person or it's like i need to say this thing and also don't overthink everything sometimes you, you can make mistakes and mm-hmm. you overthink things overthinking things is really not i've experienced with mm-hmm. that being a problem but just don't overthink everything try new things mm-hmm. as small as they may be they mm-hmm. built upon themselves so that's what i was saying so the small, yep, I think that is enough. <laughs> okay. I mean, I still want to get out because it's a. I just want to point out that's amazing story. It's the story yeah, that was, of that was literally like, like zero to heroes. Like Hercules story I'm saying, and at the same time, it's a somebody that is not pretentious and asshole about it. You are you are somebody. Sometimes you gotta be an asshole, but you don't want to be. Yeah, but but you are pretentious about it. You are somebody that try to prove a point. And mm-hmm. that's the most beautiful thing, in my opinion, is that when you are prompting, because I did something similar, but let's not talk about me. It's okay. the idea of, of proving that you're somebody inspired other people to be something too because I think yeah. you inspire people to be more confident too I feel like I mean I, I'm still working on a lot of the confidence yeah. whether it's you know looking for a job and, mm-hmm. and showing that confidence like mm-hmm. a, a good example of that was that I talked to the other day mm-hmm. I haven't had him from a long time I, I uh, repented with him on LinkedIn mm-hmm. and we talked for a good bit and he gave me some good advice mm-hmm. he's, he's really enjoying the Navy program mm-hmm. it's quite difficult but one thing he told me and Despicable to life is that during your final interview with like the head of the program, who's an admiral, asked be asked a problem, and you need to you know explain how to solve it. And such, he's like, you may not know what you're saying, you may not know entirely what you're doing, you may not know how to solve the problem, but what's most important is being confident about that. Because guess what, this problem you're going to give you, you're not really not going to do it because they know that that's the whole point of it. But it's you being confident, being sure of yourself. Because you may make a mistake, but you need to be confident in saying, because if you're not confident, they can tell. But more importantly, if you're not confident about something, you can get someone killed. Mm-hmm. You, you, you're too nervous. We're all nervous, but you, mm-hmm. you need to be confident in what you say and what you do. Mm-hmm. Even if it may not work out, be wrong in this case, mm-hmm. you need to be confident and well, display the confidence. Exactly. You, you're confident in asking. You may not be confident in always all entirely here. Mm-hmm. I'm pointing to my head, my forehead, my brain. But you need to be outwardly showing that you're confident. Don't mm-hmm. be too um, timid. Like because, the other day, mm-hmm. I was at the, an AICHE meeting, and someone gave me a compliment about my work ethic, and I took it more literal to a specific thing. And I said, "Oh, okay, yeah, geez, you know." Well, I was like, well, "Well, okay, thanks." And she's like, "Oh, I know, I meant it overall." And I was like, "Oh," and it's like it's like those things that you just noticed, mm-hmm. where I was like, "I'm just not confident in myself," and it's like I'm doing a lot. And then I thought to myself just like a recurring thing that night and it's like I need to be more confident and some of it comes not so much thinking that you're not confident mm-hmm. you need to get rid of like the remote control and just say you know what I am mm-hmm. like I got this mm-hmm. I can do this it's not fake it to make it but it's not fake it to make it it's more like getting it and knowing that if you do fail but you're ready for it it's co- you're it's ready like to learn from ready it ready to learn from it it's just yeah. this ability to say I can do this and whatever comes out of it I'll own it mm-hmm. it's owning your actions mm-hmm. And that's the thing. How would you sum up your theme? Because I'm trying to think this theme of zero to hero, hero to something. It's you own. It's not really owning yourself. It's more like you created yourself in high school. You I would. Cre- I would say I defined myself. Mm-hmm. Like I, I had this idea of who I was, and I kind of continued into high into college. You know, to, to some varying degree of uh, some flaws there, mm-hmm. and made some changes. But I figured who I was, and that's a very like tropey thing nowadays. Mm-hmm. Identity. By the end of the day, you define yourself and your actions and what you say and what you do. And in, in that last year, I defined who I th- thought and who I am. Mm-hmm. And those are very di- different. Because for a long time, I felt like I was like a real 
crappy person, and it's like, well, your actions are not lining up with what you think. Mm-hmm. Maybe there's a problem with one or the other, and it's like, well, then chances are I'm a pretty good person. Maybe it's, it's my negativity. Mm. And so I made these corrected changes that are, you know, still have problems in dealing with and making changes, but on the whole, I defined who I was through my actions and through my abilities.